Uh, Father, thank you that as we look back over last year, you have spoken to us and taught us. Uh, Lord, you have revealed yourself in your word, and we ask that you will do the same here tonight. Uh, we thank you, uh, Lord, that you are a speaking God, and we ask that you will speak deep into our lives now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we have been saying, and as we all know, it's the first day of 2017, and I wonder if you have made any resolutions. Uh, people set all kinds of uh, goals and have lots of plans for a new year. Uh, have a look at this guy. This is Wayne Morris. He's uh, a man from Darwin. And his uh, 2016 resolution was to wear a different hat each day and to put pictures on social media. And so after using up all the, ha- the hats in his house, borrowing all the ones that he could find, he moved on to hats that he made himself. And so over the year, he wore hats made out of Lego and cardboard boxes and fruit. He made one to look like a frilled neck lizard, and well, sometimes the hat took over his whole head. Uh, as of an update that was in the news last week, he had stuck with it all year. He actually stuck with his resolution, and so I'm assuming he made it to the end. Uh, apparently, though, now his 2017 resolution is to get a hug from a different person each day. And so if you're visiting Darwin, you know who you need to visit and to help him out with that. Uh, some people really get into the resolution thing, don't they? Uh, but for most of us, though, resolutions are the more common uh, garden variety. Uh, learning something new, uh, kicking a bad habit, uh, getting in better shape, uh, learning a blistering guitar solo, all those sort of things. Uh, but whatever our New Year's resolutions might be, they usually have something in common. If they're, even if they're extreme or they're the general type, they have something in common. Because they are often about me making my life better in my own strength. You know, I'll regain control over that area of my life. Uh, I'll have more willpower this time. You know, I'll work harder. I'll make better choices. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, many, many resolutions are quite good. It's a good thing to uh, lose a few kilos and get in better shape. I mean, Allison tells me that all the time, not only on January 1st. You know, it's good. That can be a very good thing. But what I want to say is that there is an even better way to start the year. Okay? Uh, We can stand tall in and of ourselves, looking only to our own efforts and goals and strength. Or we can stand before our God, looking to him and living in him. See, there's a a God-word focus that's even stronger and better than us just having a new determination to improve our life. And that's what we see in Psalm uh, 119. Uh, Today I want us to look at just that last section in there because it actually says a whole lot about our posture before God, how we stand before him, who we are before him. But first, let me give you a little bit of the story of the psalm, because I'm not going to preach in all 176 verses. Okay? If we go all the way back to the beginning, back to verse 1, the psalm begins like this. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of God. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. Okay, so the the writer, he begins with uh, talking about a holy and obedient life. That's what he does for the first couple of verses. And then he moves right away into a dialogue with God. It shifts. It becomes I and you, you know, speaking directly to God. 
And so he has this conversation with God for about 174 verses. And in that conversation, we get glimpses of what's really happening in his life. We get glimpses of some sort of big struggle because he talks about scorn and slander from other people, uh, wicked people in his life, almost being wiped out by enemies. So something is happening and it's pretty bad. And this psalm is him having a conversation with God, bringing this before him. And the way that he does this tells us so much about how we should live. As we begin 2017, what is the right posture before God? What do we learn from the psalmist here? Well, the first thing we see is that we're needy. We're needy. I wonder if you think about yourself as needy. I mean, that's easy when there's an obvious need, like if we uh, are out of work or if there's medical or health issues, it's easier to see ourselves as needy then. Uh, But often, if things are going well, we just don't look at ourselves that way, do we? But here the psalmist knows that he is a needy person. Uh, We see it in this this whole section is one big cry for help. Uh, It starts in verse 169, May my cry come before you, O Lord. He's asking God to meet his needs. Uh, Did you know that across this whole psalm, there are 80 or 90 specific requests brought before the Lord? Okay, Psalm 119 is actually one big intimate prayer. That's what it is. Or we can think about Psalm um, verse 173. May your hand be ready to help me. See, the writer here knows that uh, help doesn't come from his own hands, ultimately. It comes from the mighty hand of God. God is the one who holds out his hand in goodness and in mercy and in power and strength. So there's a neediness on view here, just in how this verse is, these verses are put together. But I want us to focus in on the final verse for just a moment. Look with me, please. Verse 176. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. I have strayed like a lost sheep. These are very honest words. Now, as we hear this, let's not think that straying means giving up the faith. Okay, he has not become best friends with Richard Dawkins and has become one of the new atheists. It's not what's happening. Notice the tension here. It says that he has not forgotten the commands of God, the way God wants us to live. He knows that, yet he still sees himself as someone who strays. See, basically, he knows that he has high and low points in his obedience to God. Uh, He knows what he should do, but he can't always do it, or he doesn't always do it. Uh, Sometimes he stumbles in sin. Sometimes God isn't enough. And that sounds familiar, doesn't it? I mean, looking back over 2016, can any of us say that for every moment of the year, we loved God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength? We all wander like lost sheep. We, we know what it's like to sometimes go even a whole day being very distracted uh, without really having properly faced God at all. Uh, like this man, we have times when God just, he isn't in our, on our radar as strongly as he should be. And so I believe it's actually quite significant that he ends with these words. Okay, this is the, the, the landing words of all these 176 verses And so it's the desperate cry of a man who doesn't want to wander. Instead, he wants to walk with God. That's what he wants. 
And did you notice the way that he wants to deal with this? He says, seek your servant. Okay, notice that he's not saying here, well, God, look, I'm just going to try harder. I'm just going to muster up more faith. I'm just going to live your way as hard as I can, and I'm sure it's all going to be all right then. No, he wants God to come after him. See, he's needy. He knows he's needy. Left to his own devices, he is like a sheep who will just wander out of the paddock. That's who he is. Let's be honest as we start this new year. We're all prone to wander. And the best way to deal with this, the best posture for 2017, is to admit our neediness, our weakness, our constant temptation to not have God clearly on view, and then to ask him to come after us. And so thank God then that this is what Jesus promises. The one who died for us and rose for us, he promises that he will do this for his sheep. And in the great parable of the lost sheep, here's how Jesus puts it. If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds that I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. God will seek us. What a great promise. So the best way to start the year is not only with the grand plans of all the things that we're going to do and achieve in our great strength, but an even grander plan of what God will do in our weakness. And in owning that, we acknowledge our neediness and our complete dependence on him. Can you make that your prayer this evening, this first day of the year? Lord, today I start 2017 as a weak person who needs you. I need you. I know that without your work in me, my eyes will wander. I'll set my heart on other things besides you. I am prone to wander. But you are the good shepherd who loves his sheep. So please seek me. That's part of our, our posture before God. The right posture. It's neediness. Another thing that we learn in this psalm, another part of that posture, is delighting in God and all that he reveals. Delighting in God and all that he reveals. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with Psalm 119, probably apart from the fact that it's the long psalm, you know, in the Bible. Uh, But it's often also known as a psalm that talks about God's word a lot. Okay, it's sort of like the Bible talking about the Bible. And in in the last section, the psalmist, he actually says some pretty remarkable things about God's word. Uh, Just skim with me, please. Uh, Verse 172. All your commands are righteous. Verse 174, your law is my delight. 175, may your laws sustain me. Here we see a sheer joy in and a hunger for God's word. How can he speak like this? Well, I believe it's because the word of God reveals God himself. God is intimately connected with his word, with his revelation. And this man, he desires God. Remember how the psalm begins. It says that the truly blessed person is the one who walks according to God's law and God's truth. This is what the the psalmist is aiming for. He wants the blessed, rich life that can only come from knowing God. And this is captured well in the first verse of our reading. 
Listen again to verse 169. May my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. See, within this man's neediness, he he needs God's truth so that he can really know himself, so that he can know uh, his world, so that he can know his God. He wants understanding. He wants real wisdom. To live well, he needs God to speak into his life. Because, see, without God's truth, we're blind. Uh, You know, yes, we, we have some understanding, but in reality, we get things twisted without God without his word. Uh, Because of sin, we just so quickly move into seeing the world with us at the center. But that's not true. God is at the center. I don't know about you, but I seem to always have weird conversations at weddings. Okay, maybe it's because I'm a minister and so people think, well, I've just got to say something religious, uh, you know, or it's also because of the prearranged seating and you get, you know, put with these people who you don't really know. And uh, for me, I think it's a combination of both, but it happens a lot. Um, I was at a wedding once with some of my Bible college friends. One of the guys was getting married, and so a whole bunch of us from the college went along, a bunch of the, his close friends. And this woman at the wedding, I think it was a lady from his church, uh, well, she decided, well, hey, this is just a great time to challenge all these Bible college students on their theology. And uh, so she uh, said to us, in her words, that we were all guilty of deifying the Bible. Basically, all of us Bible college students, well, we were making the Bible our God. Now, look, I have no idea why she said this, and nothing we answered was good enough for her. I mean, it was, that was just how it was. And as I said, there's something about me and weird conversations at weddings. Um, as I reflect on this, though, I can see now that there was something she was missing in her understanding. Something wasn't clicking for her. Why? Why was the Bible so important for us? Why would we hold it up so high? Why were we studying the Bible? Well, why should any of us try to live according to what it says? Well, why should any of us here in this church that I take it seriously? Because it's the Word of God. We love the Bible because we love God. We listen to the Bible because we want to hear God. We delight in the Bible because we delight in Him. That's what the psalmist is saying here. It's not about God's word in and of itself, but it's about his, its connection with God as revealing him. See, you could read Psalm 119 and think that it says, well, a takeaway thing is go home and make sure you read your Bible. But I politely say that that's not the main point here. The writer is saying that he needs God to speak into his life because he is lost without the creator of the universe sharing what's true. He can't live a rich and wise and blessed life if he ignores the voice of God. And he has no hope in these struggles that he's facing if he doesn't have God's perspective and God's promises. In John's Gospel, as the teachings of Jesus become more demanding, uh, people stopped following him. And so Jesus asked his disciples if they wanted to leave too. And Peter's answer fits so well with what we're thinking about here tonight. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And then later in that same gospel, before he was arrested, Jesus prayed for his disciples. And look at what he asked the Father. He says, sorry, uh, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Then moving a little later in the New Testament uh, to Timothy, 
uh, chapter 3, gives us this wonderful picture of Scripture uh, saying that it's God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And of course, let's remember that Jesus himself is called the Word. He is the perfect revelation of the Father. And look, I could go on all day and could actually launch into a whole new sermon now on the Bible and the Word of God and how it's all, all connected. But friends, what we see here is that it is the revealed truth of God that each person needs. It tells us about God himself. It proclaims the salvation and gospel of Jesus Christ. It teaches us how to live. It holds out all the promises of God. How can any believer live without that? How can we? Friends, this part of Psalm 119 is not some radical view of the Bible. It's a picture of a man who loves his God so much that he loves what his God tells him. And so he hungers for that and he delights in it. So let me ask, which voice will speak most loudly into your life in 2017? The right way to start the year is to be sure to be listening to God. And I think that means really getting his word into us. Uh, But instead of that meaning just a vague plan that I'm going to read my Bible more over 2017, uh, let me give you some ideas for going deeper. When you come to church, come with the prayer that God will speak to you, not just that you'll hear a good sermon. Okay, And why not even take your own Bible into church and highlight it and mark in it as you digest the word as it's being preached or take a notepad and just... Get into it. Engage with God as you hear his word. Or growth groups. How will you tackle the Bible this year? I don't think the best measure of group health is how many people who have worked through all of the questions ahead of time or if you get all through all the questions in a given study. To be honest, I'd be much happier if groups really only worked on a couple of questions each time but then really chewed them over and got behind the word of God together. You know, asking things like, well, what is God saying here in these verses? You know, if I obey this, how will my life change? Because something will happen if I do. How can I encourage my brothers and sisters of my group to live this out this coming week? God is saying something here in this verse. How is that going to play out in my, my life, my marriage, my family, my studies, my work, my plans and dreams, my understanding of the world around me? Or, as you think about spending personal time with God this year, why not slow down with him? Sometimes it's good to take even just a small passage instead of whole chapters and read and ponder and pray. You know, take even just a couple of verses and read and reread and ask God to show you what they really mean and how they're going to be lived out in your life in his strength. Or when troubles and challenges come your way this year, and they will, Will the only voice be my own, trying to find a way forward? Or will I stop and dwell on God's promises in the midst of that and let his words speak into my need? Do you see what Psalm 119 is saying? The right posture before God is to truly need him. But to truly need him also means to need his revelation in our life. And in that we find our joy and we find our understanding and what's going to really sustain us. We love God's word because we love him. And this leads us into the 
final thing we'll briefly think about today. The correct posture before God is a life that's responding to him. A life that's responding to him. If you know anything at all about children, you'll agree with me that kids have a condition called selective hearing. Uh, For us, it it often goes like this. Uh, Can you put your shoes on? We'll be going soon. Silence. A few minutes later, did you hear me? It's time to go. Come on, shoes on, everyone out the door. Silence. Finally, a few minutes later, come on, put the toy down. You've got to get those shoes on. Everybody's out in the car waiting for you. You know that one? Ever experienced that one in your family? But if we even whisper words like ice cream, dessert, movie night, video game, the kids, they're knocking each other over, running up the hall, trying to get to us first because they heard us from the other end of the, the house. Selective hearing. God doesn't want his children to have selective hearing. He wants to speak into our life all of the time so that we can always live with him. And that's what's on display here. See, if we stand back from this last section of the psalm, we see that there's a back and a forth. There's a a, a toing and a froing. There's a rhythm here. Uh, To pick one example, uh, look with me, please, at verse 171. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. God teaches, leading to uh, the psalmist speaking his praise because of what God reveals. And it goes on like that. You know, singing because of God's righteous commands. Uh, God's law being a delight, leading to a longing for salvation in all its fullness. Uh, being sustained by God's laws, leading to a life of praise. Do you see that, that to and fro? And that is the richest life there is. To constantly hear God and to be fed and to be sustained by him. Uh, even in the midst of whatever is happening in this man's life, whatever struggles he's facing, there's a joy here, isn't there? There's a delight. There's refreshment. Why? Because his whole life is a relationship with God. If this man was a modern believer, he wouldn't only be switching on his God awareness for an hour or so on a Sunday. Why? Because he knows that uh, a pew God, the God that we only know when we sit in the pew, is often a puny God. His God is so much bigger. The the God who hears every prayer, is the picture we get here. Uh, The one who seeks the lost, who pours out understanding, and who blesses with every part of his revelation. See, Psalm 119, in many ways, it's an invitation. If you've been feeling distant from God over 2016, this is the year you can draw close to him by asking him to draw close to you. Okay, by approaching God in the very real ways that we see in these verses, because really what the psalmist is saying, he's saying, God, give me understanding. Teach me. Help me. Sustain me. Seek me. Simple language, meaning so much, coming before God. And if we use those words, we will see God break down all the barriers in knowing him as he answers those prayers. And then with that relationship as a foundation, we're set up for the best 2017. 
being taught by God's truth, being helped by the strongest one, uh, being lifted in our weariness by the one who never lets us go, uh, growing in our joy and delight because God is close to us through his word as he speaks into our life. What will your posture be before God in 2017? Psalm 119 tells us to aim for neediness, for delighting in God and his revelation, and living a life of response to God. So how about this as a resolution? I will walk with my God every day, hearing his voice, delighting in his wisdom and strength, as I trust him to meet all of my needs. Pray with me, please. Father, we, uh, we do praise you that you are the God that we see revealed here in Psalm 119. And Lord, we ask that as we begin this year, uh, while we may have big plans for things we want to achieve, Lord, we ask that at the same time we will also know that truly we are needy people who need you all of the time. We ask that you will grow us in our delight in your revealed word and how that grows us in you. And Lord, we ask, please, that you will be close to us as we seek you, meaning that you will seek us. Uh, Lord, give us a great posture before you because of your strength, we ask. And we ask, Lord, that in this, we will have a truly re uh, rich and blessed and wonderful 2017. Thank you that you speak, that you reveal, that you seek your sheep. And we look forward, Lord, to how you will reveal yourself more and more to us across this year. And so we pray these things, committing each other into your hands, in Jesus' great name. Amen.